It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to All the Things Harry Potter. I'm Nate, and I'm hanging out with my lovely wife, Jade. Hey! And we are about to get into the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Yep, Chapter 6. It's going to be really great. We get introduced to some of the OGs, the original Gryffindors, in this chapter. And it's a really fun ride. Fun journey, if you will. <laughs> uh, James and Chantel joined us again this week, and they've been helping us out a whole lot. They were super excited to come and join us on this crazy adventure that we thought we'd start. And so far, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I think so. So, crack open a drink, kick back, and enjoy! I'm excited to talk about Harry Potter and this chapter today. It was good. It was a quality chapter. I didn't remember how much... I loved these first, like, few chapters of this book, and this one totally reminded me just all the cuteness. It's cute. Yeah. There's a lot to love about this chapter. (laughs) We are finding Harry in his last month with the Dursleys, and it wasn't so fun. He's bored. There's absolutely nothing going on. They're all kind of scared of him. A little pissed off. Dudley's, like, super scared of him. Right. It says Dudley won't even be in the same room with him. He's that freaked out. But to be fair... Dudley's got a fucking tail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Be a little unnerved. Yeah, that'd freak me out. Tail giver. (laughs) Uh, I'm now imagining having a tail and not even a nice tail, you know? Like a pigtail. It's very disturbing, actually. (laughs) He asks the Dursleys to take him to the train station. And Mr. Dursley's just like grunting at him. He's not even saying words. He's so beyond fuck you. <laughs> it's just like, uh. and then he's like, hey, so you can take me? And he's like, uh. and he's like, okay, well, that's a yes. The first thing he says is it's a funny way to get to a school for magic. 
taking a train. Are all of the magic carpets punctured? Like they have holes in them? Which I kind of thought was a funny joke. Yeah. He got his jab in. He got it in there. I mean, I get it was mean, but it did make me laugh a little bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My thought was, he's only now doing it. He hasn't said a word to Harry in the past month, but he's only getting a shot in now because he knows Harry is leaving tomorrow. Because now it's legit. Before, he was worried about him finding out that he was a wizard. Now he's a fucking wizard. (laughs) And he's got a wand and... His kid has a tail. Bad shit has already happened to a guy who's already neurotically paranoid about yeah. magic. So he's he's not fucking around anymore. But not only does he know Harry's leaving tomorrow, he knows Harry needs him right now. He's safe to take like a soft jab. He's like, ha! And, he, and then he asks about where the school is. And that makes Harry actually like think about it for the first time. And look at his ticket. Because he has no idea. And on the ticket it says he has to take the train at platform 9 and 3 quarters at 11 o'clock. And Vernon is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't dog rubbish. But uh, we're going to go to London anyways to go get Dudley's tail removed. So we'll take you, but I wouldn't bother otherwise. See, at this point he's feeling a little bit more safe to give Harry a little bit more shit, I feel like. His ticket sounds a little bit more like nonsense, and I don't think Dursley really has much faith in wizards at all, so he probably really doesn't believe Harry's going to get to go. Right. They get there at like 10.30, and the train is supposed to leave at 11. They see 9, and they see 10, and Vernon is a dick. They leave him in the middle of a station with an owl, a trunk I couldn't lift, (laughs) And a pocket full of money that he can't spend. I never considered that. I always kind of thought, you know, he's got money, but no, you can only spend that in the magical community, so that does nothing for him. Right. I would be freaking out. I mean, Harry, he's 11. They fucking leave an 11-year-old kid at a busy-ass train station. And drive away laugh. Like, what was his plan? Best case scenario, you proved the kid couldn't go anywhere. Because there's no nine and three quarters platform. So there's nowhere for him to go. And then you left. Go catch the ball. Bye. (laughs) But the whole family drives away laughing. Right. They don't even feel bad about it. This has made their day. Which leaves us here. With Harry standing here alone, not knowing what to do. (laughs) He hears a group of people behind him mumbling muggles and they have an owl which is like a dead giveaway nobody ever just has an owl chilling ever (laughs) dead giveaway yeah those are my people for sure (laughs) we hear a couple of their names percy percy seems like the oldest Mm Mhm. and there's a little girl Ginny. fred and george you immediately like them yeah they're hilarious from the first line (laughs) that is said by them I know we all feel Little that jokesters. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this part. I know everybody loves this part. Honestly, you call yourself our mother. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I heard, I don't want to get an owl saying that you guys blew up a toilet or something. And he's like, Mom, we've never done that, but it's a good idea. Thanks. And she's like, George. <laughs> we had a similar situation where we were eating dinner just last night chili and cornbread and our oldest twin ryan looks over and tells me dad i know what you're gonna say if i don't eat all of my food i don't get a dessert but i don't want a dessert so can i just be done now (laughs) (laughs) 
it was very Fred and George-ish. <laughs> but, but the twins, they, they go towards the barrier and they disappear. All these kids are just disappearing into the wall. <laughs> or, or somewhere. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know where they're disappearing. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. So he decides he has to ask the plump woman. That's the only way they describe her. How to get onto the platform. Um, and she immediately is the nicest lady ever. And she knows it's his first time at Hogwarts. And Harry tells her he can't get onto the platform and she explains how to do it to him. She explains to him how to get through the barrier. We got there. <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, when I edit that, <laughs> it's going to sound... going to say this bad. <laughs> and, and then I have a choice. I can either roll with it or be like... <sighs> she says it's important not to stop or be scared that you're going to crash. And it's best to do it at a bit of a run if you're nervous. I kind of wish he asked, like, why it was important. Because like, I feel like that I was. part of the magic, like, do you have to make sure, like, you're, like, confident enough or it's yeah. not going to work? I personally thought it was a lot of detail that they put in as Harry was walking towards the barrier i thought there was a lot more detail than needed in my opinion it went on longer than you needed it to yeah my thing was is that he was definitely scared the whole time oh yeah and she says he that you're not allowed to be so like is it really important are you gonna get stuck halfway through the wall or is she just momming him like don't be scared dear it's important i think she was so motherly knowing that it was his first year and also because she didn't realize that he was who he was. This is just any other kid could come from a muggle family, which he does, that has maybe never experienced anything magical. Like, nothing. And that could be fucking scary. So to tell a kid, you know, don't half-ass it. Run at the wall, get some confidence, and it's gonna work, and like, he'll be okay on the other side. But who knows, it could very well be that if you don't commit to doing it, it's just not going to work, and then you're going to break your face on the brick. And sorry, sucker, try again next year. Who knows? Maybe it's a test. Or you get stuck halfway through or something. That's, yeah. like, that's what I was wondering. That like, would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a giveaway to the muggles, though, so that's probably nothing. So, Harry busts through the wall. He sees a scarlet steam engine in front of him. And a sign overhead says Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. He looks behind him and he sees a wrought iron archway that says platform nine and three quarters. Smoke's drifting, cats are winding between legs, owls are hooting, and stuff's going on. There's a lot of signs that he's in the right place. Yeah. Because he's got a trunk and an owl, he's found the right place. With all the birds that are flying around, how are the cats all keeping their cool? And not, like, attacking the shit out of them. Or vice versa. Yeah. I actually had a theory about this. Harry's owl is already trained to, like, deliver and receive messages. Apparently. I assume so. They got it from a magic owl store. So, exactly. Are these owls and cats and toads, spiders, etc., do they have magical... Maybe not abilities, but like... Properties. Yeah. It's like the difference between Goofy and Pluto. They're both dogs, but one of them just, you know... Smarter. Now... Right, sentient. (laughs) Cats tend to have a certain air about them that we all know that they know shit. Toads, I just don't fucking know why they would have toads. Well, Hagrid did say the toads aren't cool anymore. Right, I just, I don't understand what magical purpose toads could serve except to be used in a potion making maybe just companionship 
But then why can't you have a dog? They have a choice of a few different kinds of animals, it seems like. I mean, there's really only the few choices given to them. Owl, cat, toad, what? Spider. Spider's not given to them. No? No. And that's why I, I, I was thought... going to say this in a little bit, but rat isn't either, which is why I always thought it was a little weird. You could really bring anything you wanted to then. In the note, <clears throat> you were given a choice. An owl, a toad, or something else I don't remember right offhand. Cat. Cat. Duh. It's very loudly or. There's no and, but. You get one of those three. And so first year people are bringing animals that they're not supposed to be bringing then. Right. Like They're like, oh yeah, one of these three things. Well, I have this. Right. And so... then we kind of get introduced slash we hear a boy named Neville talking to his gran. He lost his toad. And we hear another boy opening a box and something with a long hairy leg poked out. And I guess that's maybe where you were going with the spider thing. I would guess it's a spider. If it's in a box and it's got a hairy leg. It does say later in the chapter. Harry's moving on through the crowd and he gets offered some help from the red-headed twins. One of them notices his scar, asks what it is, and then they're like, you're Harry Potter, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> In twin talk. Again, I I enjoyed <laughs> reading. And then he's like, oh, him. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I I liked that he said, um, or it said oh. he didn't know what he was going to, but it had to be better than what he was leaving behind. Right. He's excited to be on the train because he knows that he's leaving his shitty life. Yeah. And taking a risk is better than just staying. So he's like glass half full right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where this goes. <laughs> so then Ron comes in. There's nowhere else to sit. Kind of the start of a uh, friendship. Maybe asking if someone wants to hear a dirty joke. <laughs> <laughs> that can do it. So he comes in. And it's super awkward at first before they start talking. And then he, Harry, Ron bursts out, are you Harry Potter? And And that's when... They start talking a little bit because Ron starts asking him a little bit about himself. <laughs> and then Harry starts asking Ron questions because he's just as curious. He wants to know shit. Yeah. And then Harry says he wishes he had three wizard brothers. And Ron says he's got five brothers. He said that his brother Bill was the head boy. Charlie was captain of Quidditch. Percy is a prefect. The twins mess around, but they get good, get good marks and they're funny. And he always gets hand-me-downs. So... Life's not super great for Ronnie boy. He's got Bill's robes, Charlie's wand, and Percy's freaking rat. I'm going to step in there. Why would Ron, of all things, get a hand-me-down wand? If wands are the most important thing a wizard is supposed to have and the wand picks the wizard. I had that question too, actually. Why would... A, why would his wand be in bad condition for him to need a new one? But is that something you upgrade? Like, because you, you choose... That goes back on the question I asked when he was first in Alavanders, when he says to Harry he remembers his mother being in here buying her first wand. How many wands can a wizard own an, at one time, or how often do they have to replace them? I don't know. Do, do you buy people a new wand? Like, do you give them a gift certificate and be like... Go hit up Ollivander's and get yourself a nice new wand. How much does Harry pay for his wand? 
It was a lot, wasn't it? It was like seven tickles. It was, it was pricey. I mean, like that's back. not it's a cheap like one chapter. Wizard to Muggle ratio. Oh. I'm not really sure, of, but we can assume that there's there's price tag on a wand. Oh my god, I bet you there is because when I was younger, I told you I bought the original Fantastic Beasts and we're gonna find them and the Witch through the ages. And on the back of it, it had a you know how you have Canadian. And USA, it also had wizarding money on the back of it, and it told you how many, how much it was in fucking galleons and sickles. <gasps> I don't like. I wish they sold copies of those because they were the best. They're better. Harry paid seven gold galleons for his wand. Do we have a gold galleon ratio to dollar amount? Yes. One galleon is six dollars and sixty-four cents. One sickle is thirty-nine cents. This is saying if the price of the profit is in line with Muggle newspapers, that means that one nut should be about twenty cents to one U.S. dollar. The price of a newspaper being about one dollar in nineteen ninety-one. This makes a sickle worth somewhere between six dollars and thirty dollars, and gives a galleon a value of between one hundred and five hundred dollars. He just spent a shit ton on a wand, people. That's what we've learned from that. That is a shit ton. One hundred to five hundred. This is wizarding currency. This is on the Harry Potter wiki. Well, if it's on the Harry Potter wiki, then it's probably more right. I'm not sure what this is on. I don't know anything about Quora, so I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the Harry Potter wiki. That's, That's probably about th- a okay. safe bet. This, uh, okay, here's another question from Cora, though, that says how he pays seven galleons for his wand, so that's about 35 pounds, and we know that the U.S. dollar is... It's like 50 bucks. 35 pounds, about 50 bucks. I thought it would be less. Again. My no. calculator, Jade's <laughs> first answer, told me about 46 and some change. Okay. We'll round, we could round up to 50. It's I mean, about 50 bucks on a wand. Which you isn't bad, but pay like... Pay that at Universal, too. You so. know, what's a gold galleon? I guess that's what it comes down to. What is a gold galleon worth? Because it's a gold galleon. Seven of them? I'm looking. Okay, 35 gold pounds galleon is worth. $44. We gotta find out. I just don't want to be inaccurate. <clears throat> Inquiring minds want to know. I'm really bad at math. Because I don't think his wand was a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You don't think a wand would be worth a couple hundred bucks? I mean, I think it might be worth it, but everyone gets, like, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that you're whipping out $400 for your kid to go to this wizarding school. I mean, that's true. I like the point you made about you're going to give this thing to an 11-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, our our son has a phone. He's 10. I, I paid 50 bucks for the phone. Would I pay $600 for a phone and give it to a 10-year-old? No. No, I wouldn't. Now, thinking with that logic, it makes a lot more sense that Charlie upgraded his wand because he got one at 11 and beat the shit out of it and needed a new one because he was like, mine looks like crap. So I'm going to get one. I'm going to spend a couple, you know, a couple G's, a couple galleons on a new wand. A couple G's. (laughs) And, uh... Quality pun right there, Jade. (laughs) And, and he got himself a real cool one, so he just gave Ron his, his real crap one. And we are getting the notion that the Weasley family is a little more money conscious. A right. little poor. I mean, he's getting hand-me-downs, so maybe as his older sibling was out in the real wizard world, had a job, and was making his own money, he thought, you know, I can afford now a better wand for myself. I'm going to go get myself one. 
Here you go, little brother. Have the hand-me-down. His pants are just real cheap, which we know they apparently don't have a lot. But... And I mean, yeah, they're in England, but can we just say that mm, that's like a Dutch thing? Well, we know that it's not something that you just <laughs> throw away. Right. Because, obviously, they're reusing it. Ron makes a comment about his wand that the unicorn <laughs> hair is, like, coming out of the end of it. Because it's it's so fucked up. But if it was that messed up, and they were only 50 bucks, like, wouldn't you just get a new one? I don't know. Yeah. It's obviously somewhat important, because you wouldn't just throw it away. It's worth something to keep. Right. Because, I don't know, we need to read more into some wand lore. Before we can get some definitive answers about these wand questions. Harry does try and make Ron feel a little bit better after divulging a little information about, you know, his family's circumstances, money-wise, and that sort of thing. And he talks about having to wear Dudley's old clothes and not getting proper birthday presents. And I think they're kind of bonding over this, not coming from a lot of money. And Ron was very loved but that's what they had. They didn't have a lot, whereas Harry didn't have a lot, but he also had a really shitty upbringing. But it's something that they're bonding over. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of what helps them get so close so quick, because they're like, oh, you're miserable like me? Cool. What we're huh. drinking tonight? Some pb and jelly from Elk Brewing. This is no shit my favorite beer on the planet. <laughs> I dropped Jade off at a bridal shower, a couple of years ago and this brewery happened to be right around the corner so i stopped there and found this beer and it has been a staple in my refrigerator ever since <laughs> it makes me feel like a little kid kind of because it's peanut butter and jelly i mean <laughs> it feels good in your mouth but <laughs> yes, the adult version <laughs> right the adult version like i took this out on the river this year we all went on the river and i had this stocked up in the cooler and it was fantastic i dig it yeah. James, what are you drinking? Cider Boys. First press. Traditional hard cider. Sounds yummy. Yep. How does it taste? It's good. Tastes exactly like apple juice. But with a kick? Nope. Not at all. Ooh, I just that's dangerous. Get, to get drunk off of it. <laughs> dangerous. Wait, well, cheers, guys. Cheers. I was going to say <laughs> half of what we have are cans, so it sounds like shit. Not a good cheers. <laughs> we'll uh, work on that and get back to you. <laughs> they they discuss, you know, their families and stuff and their similarities. And then Harry gets to spend all of his money and get a bunch of stuff. Like cakes and candy and chocolate frogs and Bernie Bot's every flavor bean. Like, he just goes ham on all the snacks and... Him and Ron get down on some junk food. <laughs> and he, that's like a bonding thing between them. He thought it was going to be like normal. Like he thought he was going to get a Mars bar. Mars bars, and right. And then he sees all this and he's learning more and more. Even these little things are very different. Your treats are are not of the usual persuasion. So he's eating his chocolate frog and there's cards inside and they're like, baseball cards but for wizards harry finds out that pictures don't stay still because he looks at the picture and his the card he gets is dumbledore and uh, he flips it over and it shows the information about him like he likes chamber music and he likes 10 pin bowling and when he flips it over again he's gone and he's like dude he disappeared and ron casually tells him well yeah he's not gonna hang out all day 
And Harry's like, yeah, pictures don't move from where I come from, and Ron is weirded out by it. Like, that's a normal thing, apparently, <laughs> but... <laughs> and then he just goes back to eating. <laughs> okay, I've seen the movie, but I kind of picture it like a gif. A picture is like a short little video, but that's the way I kind of envisioned it when he was there. Oh, of how the the chocolate card went, chocolate frog card. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. <laughs> Chocolate frog card. How the Chocolate. moving pictures work. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Yeah. So I guess in my head, when I was reading it, it was like a hologram. It kind of moves a little bit. And then, you know, if you're holding it still, then it's, you know, still. And but it's the actual just... person. No, it's, not the, it's, it's like a shade of a person. You understand what I mean? I get what you're putting down. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Anyways, there's a knock at the door and the round faced boy came in tearfully. And he's looking for his freaking toad. Because he lost him. <laughs> and they're like, no. And Ron doesn't really know why he cares so much. Because he says he would lose the toad if he had one. But he has a freaking rat. So he can't say anything. And this links back to our earlier conversation about approved animals. And how rats were not on them. And it's a little confusing as to why he has one. Also, that would probably make it stick out. Right. Like, the fact that it wasn't one of the suggested animals to bring alone means that everybody's going to know that Ron's got a rat instead of owl or a cat or something kind of cool. Right. What are you going to do with it? Like, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, a toad might have secretions or something you could use for potions. But this rat shit just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see the upside to keeping a rat around, like, ever. Ooh, I have to get a little off track here for a minute because you were saying about the Betty Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans that you thought it was Birdie, but in the next page ahead as we're going through, it does say Birdie Bots. It says, does it? Yes, it does. And I'm wondering if the original, what one is the typo? And I'm guessing it was the first one because it's referenced more as Birdie Bot. Oh, did I what, did I read it wrong in my book then? No, Maybe? it's it's typed like it's spelled wrong in the book. Oh, okay. Like I thought that I had been misreading Birdie Bots as Betty Bots because it's written that way the first time that you read it. It's it's written Betty Bot every flavor bean, and they try a whole bunch of them, and they're all delicious. But apparently two pages down and then for the rest of the series they're called birdie bots and i'm not crazy so there's that thank you chantelle you're welcome jk rowling you made a mistake just pointing that out (laughs) (laughs) typo she should have caught that that's i mean i don't know how 
that happens, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> but it's a typo. Yeah, it happened. Is this a is this a thing online? Are there threads about it on Reddit, Jade? Have people caught it? No, oh, there's going to be. <laughs> I literally had no idea. Okay. Well. Until just now. So... Maybe I did it like a long time ago and I had like forgotten because I've reread these a long time and I feel like I noticed at one point that I had read it wrong. The birdie bots are all sorts of different flavors. It's Russian roulette in your mouth. You don't know what you're going to get. I'm listening to the audible at work and he's like, he had a booga flavored one. <laughs> Cracked up, man. Stop it. I Just lost edible it. edible things or do they go with like wood, metal he says grass. Weird stuff like that. Yeah. Paint. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, no. I'm going to say they probably throw a bunch of that shit in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, they do vomit. They may do vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking about the real life ones. I don't even know for sure if I know that from the books now that I think about that. That might just be, like, real life. So as they're enjoying all their little treats, they have a knock on the door. And it's Neville, who we heard earlier lost his toad. He's still looking for it. Can't find it. He keeps getting away from him, he says. How do you lose a toad that much? How do you not come with a container for it? Is it just hanging out in his pocket? Like... I think so. Like, that's how you lose a frog. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that's exactly how. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be in this pocket, so Bye. I'm out. Toads are lame. Hagrid said so. But again... I don't know why the rat's fucking there or why he's allowed. Don't understand. We talked about it earlier. Just saying. Weird. And speaking of the rat, he tries to do a spell on the rat. He's going to try and turn it yellow when the round-faced boy, Neville, comes back with Hermione, a new girl. They describe her as having, like, bushy brown hair. And rather large front teeth. Freckles, like a big hot mess of a person. <laughs> Already in her new robes. Right. She's gone above and beyond. Like, she's ready to go. She speaks very, very fast. But she, she sees him with the wand in his hand because he's going to try and turn his rat yellow. And she launches into explaining how she's already memorized all of her books front to back. And then she's like, well, go on. Do, do the thing. <laughs> she kind of inserted herself very awkwardly into the situation. She's like, oh, you got your wand out. You're going to do some magic. Well, go on. Give me a show. A little forceful, <laughs> this one. Right. Like, what the fuck? This is none of, nothing to do with you. What are you doing here? Go. And, uh, but Ron, Ron's not me. Ron tries, and it doesn't work. He says this weird, rhymey thing about butter mellow, and nothing happens. And he's like, well, my brothers are probably just fucking with me again. <laughs> or could it be that Ron doesn't have a wand that was supposed to be given to him? He has a hand-me-down wand from his brother. So maybe it's so not working out So all of his so spells well. may continue to backfire on him. They do say... Going forward. Yeah, they do say that wands never work as yep. well as your wand. Yep. If you're using somebody else's wand, it's not gonna it's not gonna work the same way. Right. Right off the bat, Ron's at a huge disadvantage with his wand. Yeah, with his life, basically. 
Like, oh, here's this really important thing you need. You need to be tailored to you. Nah, use your brothers. And they said, did you hear about Gringotts? And it was an attempt to rob a high security vault. But they don't know really anything else aside from that. Just that someone tried to. They were apparently a powerful dark wizard. They think Voldemort might have had something to do with it. And then their compartment door slides open again, but it's not Neville. It's three boys, and Harry recognizes the one in the middle as the pale boy from Madame Malkin's robe shop. And he's got two boys with him. They are bigger, and they look kind of like bodyguards. And he says, this is Crab and Goyle, and my name's Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. Ron does a slight cough to hide a little snicker, and Malfoy says, think my name's funny, do you? Malfoy immediately identifies Ron as, like, the enemy, and his attitude changes. He had a very high, mighty, and pride attitude when we saw this kid before, but now you're really seeing his nasty side. I found it interesting that right away, the book is already addressing this kid with his last name, which immediately, whether you realize it or not, distances you from him. As soon as, like, he says, my name is Draco Malfoy, and like, a line later, it says, Ron laughs under his breath, and Malfoy looks at him. Not even a split second later, we're already calling him Malfoy. And so, whether you realize it or not, you already subconsciously know, this kid is not our friend. Right. And he will not be. He's on the last name basis, which in the in the guy world, I feel, is like a thing. Oh, yeah. Ron laughs at Malfoy's name, and Malfoy fires back and starts laughing at Ron's family. Like, <laughs> it, it's definitely one for one. He's not going to let it go unchecked. And he's, like, trying to get Harry to see the light, man. Like, you don't want to hang out with these people. These people are going to lead you down a no-good path, and they can't afford all the kids they have. And he Low just... fucking blows. Right. <laughs> He's taking the cheap shots because he knows that he can land them. And, and it almost comes to blows. Like, they get pissed off at each other. Ron actually gets some balls, and he's like, dude, you're out of here. And Malfoy, uh, he's like, you know, we don't want to leave yet. We ate all of our shit. You still have some. So his buddy, Goyle, starts grabbing for the candy and fucking scabbers the rat, bites him. That's what your rat's for. (laughs) Ah, now I understand. I wouldn't see a rat as a self-defense pet, you know? Like, fucking get him. But there it is. Bite ya. And it sinks in pretty good, because it says, like, it was hanging from his finger. (laughs) So when it bit him, it bit him. That thing latched on. Yeah. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not my Weasley. After that, it kind of breaks it up. And they're like, oh shit, somebody got hurt. So they take off, and Hermione comes back. And Ron is, like, at a loss for words, because his rat falls the fuck asleep. (laughs) He woke up for that, like, (laughs) ten-second attack, and then called it good. Ron says he's heard of his family, and they came back to our side after you-know-who disappeared, he says. They don't quite believe that they were there under any other circumstances other than they wanted to be. Which makes sense, because just a bit ago when Malfoy was in the room, he actually makes a comment about Harry's parents and how if he doesn't watch it, he'll go that 
the same way as his parents, which is, I feel like, a really fucked up thing to say in, like, the world that they live in. Especially as a kid. Right. Knowing that much information about it. I mean, this this is an 11-year-old basically making a death threat. Yeah, that's an open threat for sure. You get expelled for that now. And kind of aligning himself, like, the Hitler of their world, being like, yeah, you know when Hitler killed your parents? That could happen to you, too, if you don't watch it. Pretty fucked up thing to say as an 11-year-old and have everyone be like, okay, he's a bully. Um, pretty sure sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little more serious than that, guys. So maybe keep an eye on that one. <laughs> Ryan realizes that Hermione is standing there. He's like, can we help you? And uh, she gets all bossy again as... Tells them they better hurry the fuck up and get their robes on, because they're nearly there. Because she took it upon herself to go ask the conductor how much longer. And she asks them, you haven't been fighting, have you? Because you'll be in trouble before we even get there. Like it's any of her goddamn business. She already has that nosy, bossy, know-it-all, in-everybody's-business kind of vibe going on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, sensing, I'm sensing a trend here with that. And then Ron's like, Scabber's been fighting, not us. Scowling at her. Would you mind leaving while we change? She left the car to find out how long it was going to be. <laughs> You know, she's, she did all that running around for him, comes back to the car, and he's like, yeah, well, get the hell out of here so we can do it then. <laughs> Just kicks her right the fuck back out. <laughs> Ron is not crazy about this girl right off the bat, and it kind of makes that clear. It's not like he dislikes her, but he's just like, oh, oh. He's annoyed with her immediately. I thought that was kind of funny, because Harry's indifferent. It's just She's just trying to help out, you know? And she says she only came in there because... People are behaving very childishly, racing up and down the corridors. <laughs> and I just thought, they're 11. 11 year old, years old, alone on a train, all amped up on sugar and shit, and they're going to a magic school? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet they're running up and down the... I bet you they're screaming and <laughs> acting like monkeys. I wonder if that's a magic train. Like, there's nobody else on the train with the kids. Other than that poor, poor lady passing out snacks. <laughs> and they're like, look, this is why we pay you. Because you have to pass this shit out and then lock yourself in that room until it gets back to the school. Because... <laughs> I'm saying this. Yeah, duh. They're, they're going nuts, for sure. So the train, Harry says, has, has noticeably slowed down. Now that they're dressed in their robes, the train stops. And it's Hagrid yelling for all the first years to come with him. So Hagrid's leading him down this narrow path. He's bringing all the first years, and they get down to the water, and they're getting into boats, and they can see the castle. Then there's a starry sky, and there's turrets, and I'm going to assume I'm saying that right, towers, (laughs) and it's magical. There's Hogwarts, and it's glory, just right there. Everybody's ooing and aahing and gawking over it. They said it's badass. It's a lake, and across it is a mountain with a fucking castle on the top of it. It's a freaking castle. You're in a <laughs> castle. I don't care if I'm a witch. I'm also a princess, damn it. I'm in right. a castle. I mean, that's they they say Hogwarts is a school, so you don't really associate school with castle. But when they get there, it's a castle. And it doesn't say, like, I mean, obviously it says Harry is impressed. Harry is like, But all of the kids are like that. It just floors everybody. So this place is immense. 
it's yeah. amazing just to look at. I thought that was cool. Yeah. No, it is. And then they have to cross the lake. In a boat. In a boat. <laughs> the chaos that has to happen. Hagrid is in charge of first year kids. They're all 11. And he's got to get all of these kids in boats and across a lake. That's his responsibility. Yeah, but I don't think I'd mess around with Hagrid. No, but like a bunch of 11-year-olds hopping in boats and crossing a lake. People are going to be flipping. and <laughs> Like my kids would be screwing around. I know that. Even if they were scared of Hagrid, they would definitely still be fucking around if his back was turned. And there was one more thing that it said. Hagrid had a boat by himself. He's five men wide and two men tall. And there is no way in hell that Hagrid is the same weight as four ten-year-old boys. Eleven. Uh, Eleven, you're right. (laughs) As four eleven-year-old boys. I'm a big guy. I'm probably two or three. So Hagrid is easily four, but he is cool to have a boat all by himself. What the hell? Magic! (laughs) Maybe giants aren't quite as dense as the rest of us, and he's surprisingly lightweight. I do think it would creep me out to climb into a boat with three other children and have nobody steering it and just go across a really really large lake in the dark. I personally would not dig that. I think maybe Harry had a little line in when this was going on, because he's been in a boat with Hagrid before. So Hagrid tells all the kids, all right, get in your boat, and we're going to go across the lake. And Harry, and it doesn't say it, and I'm kind of bummed out that it doesn't say anything about it, but wouldn't he be like, ha-ha, yeah, done this before. I know what's going on now. Get in the fucking boat, and it's going to propel itself across the water. Which, it, I don't know, it says they all take off at the same time. So I don't know if that implies... They're magically propelled across the water, or if four 11-year-olds are trying to row themselves across this lake. Hagrid does say everyone in, and then he shouts forward. It's magic. So my my understanding of it was that magically he said forward, and then all the boats go gently along the lake. They're just cruising. So they all leave at exactly the same time then. Yeah, they pretty much just like... Like you said, magically propelled. So everybody just gets in and just hangs on for the ride. It says, and the fleet of little boats moved off all at once, gliding across the lake. So yes, magically, the boats have crossed the lake. See, and Neville gets in their boat with them. And I always, I don't know, hey Neville, I wish people (laughs) talked to you more. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. You got a soft spot for Neville there. A little bit. I like. I just feel like our heroes are kind of assholes. A little bit. I I get you. I get you. They started this to get like this is the time when you would form these bonds, right? Right. Harry and Ron just did this. They've now seen this kid more than any other kid today, and they they really don't talk to him a whole lot. They're like, ah, round face, teary. You lost your fucking toad. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's all. I just feel a little bad for him because nobody's really trying to be his his friend. I think you're right. You know, they really didn't go out of their way to talk to him that much at all. It's like lunchtime at high school. Where are you going to sit? You know, the, the people that you choose to sit with are typically the people who you become friends with, who you're most comfortable with. Like, okay, I'm being forced to meet new people today. I'm going to sit next to you. <laughs> and they go through, like, the ivy that's hanging... Uh, at the mouth of this tunnel that goes underneath the castle. 
Loved it. And which is badass, right? Yeah. And it's it goes to a shore underneath the castle, and when they get out of the boat, Hagrid found Neville's fucking toad. <laughs> He's Oi! like, ah. And I thought it was great because he gets all the kids situated, right? And he's he's hollering at him, come up here. We're going to go in through these doors. And before he knocks on the door, he looks at Neville and he goes, still got your toad? (laughs) Before we leave here, I'm going to double check that that motherfucker is in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is that he, he seems to feel like he knows already that this is an issue for this child. Also, the toad's name is Trevor. It's Trevor? Yeah. So, I thought that was fun. I I enjoy animals named, like, human. <laughs> we do know that Hagrid thinks that a toad is, like, a shitty pet to have. Yeah. Because of when they got Harry's stuff. He's like, right. you don't want a toad, man. Everybody will make fun of you. So then... The boats get to the other side, and Hagrid finds Neville's toad. And then he turns around, and he knocks on the door. Which, in the book, it says he knocked on the door. But that's kind of anticlimactic for me. I think that's how you say that word. Anticlimactic. I'll use one of those. Like, it builds up, and it's Hagrid. This is a big-ass dude, and he's knocking on a castle door. When I picture that in my head he's like closed fist and bow 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 on the door but it's like no he just knocks well he knocks but he's on a the giant door three times I, I i would assume that his knock is going to be loud regardless to if he's trying to make it dramatic or not he's a giant that's, he's half giant that's true so, i suppose is not it's like and his his hands are as big as trash can lids so yeah even if he like knuckle wrapped it i'm sure it would be loud that's a good point He's fucking huge. And he doesn't want to scare the Ickle Firsties. <laughs> the Ickle Firsties. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's it. Now they're at Hogwarts, man. Game on. Harry's out of the Dursleys' company. He's got the makings of a friend. And uh, he's got an in with Hagrid. And there's a girl. I mean, one they hate, but whatever. <laughs> right, right. Well, all girls are annoying at that age. At 11, you would say hate, but you wouldn't mean I mean, yeah. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, we don't say that, but we probably do. No, I'm just saying, you wouldn't mean it, but you're, you're an asshole. You're saying it, yeah. So it. <laughs> my kids are assholes. Even if I tell them not to be, they're assholes. I'm out of the room. That's true. They're really sweet in front of everyone, though. That's what matters. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, I love this chapter. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I'm actually super excited for the next chapter. It's the Sorting Hat! Thanks for listening. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> A little premature oh, there, pal. <laughs> Great way to end this. All right. We will see you next time. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. So there it is, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording with James and Chantel. It's always fun when they come over, we share a couple of bottles, and talk about this book. Yeah, we'd love for you guys to leave a review if you enjoyed our show. And if you're interested in keeping up with us, you can find us at Instagram, Twitter, or Patreon at podcast underscore ATT. Or on Facebook, 
You can find us at Podcast ATT or All the Things. Thanks for listening. See you guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.